Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Gonna Lie podcast, presented by Student Union Sports. Now, I may begin to start sounding like a broken record, but this was truly another wild week in the NFL. I mean, a lot of things happened, some shuffling around in the playoff picture, some surprising wins, some crazy losses, uh, but all in all, another great week of football. And I am happy to have Patrick Norton, a.k.a. Patty Takes, on the podcast with us to help break it all down. So we talk about this Chiefs-Raiders game, what it means for the future of the AFC playoffs. Obviously, talk Colts-Packers, that was a that was a big one too. And all in all, preview that Rams-Bucks game that's going to have very big playoff implications for the NFC. Now let's not waste any more time. Here we go. Here was my conversation with Patty Norton. We now welcome on a very special guest, recurring guest and friend of the program. It's Patty Norton. Patty, thanks for coming on. Hey, what's going on? Look, I'm. we talked about it just a little bit before, but that Colts win had me you know, a little bit more stressed than normal, but a win is a win. So I, I can't get too mad um, that they had to play it close, uh, but but it was a it was a, a big Sunday. I mean, how was your Sunday? The Bears didn't play, so Bears didn't play, but everybody in the NFC uh, North lost. So you know, in the hunt, I, I saw an in, yeah. yeah yeah I saw an in the hunt graphic uh, on NFL Red Zone, and the Bears were like the number one team that's in the hunt. So five and five, they can still do it. You know, starting five and one, and now being five and five. Not great, but yeah, you take what you can get. It's like my uh my fantasy football team. We can talk about that in a little bit, but started five and zero, oh, five and six now, six straight yeah. losses. Um, but don't worry, we'll we'll get we'll we'll get there in the uh, complaint about my fantasy team section of the the podcast. Uh, first things first, huge win for the Chiefs. Um, not only essentially locked up the AFC West, but have gotten the monkey off their back, so to speak in these Las Vegas Raiders who really have been the only team to give the chiefs a ton of trouble. Like I think even, you know, they, they won last time they, they came into town and, and this one was a close one went down to the wire, but um, I'm just looking through the schedule. I mean, the, the, the Panthers played them close last week, um, but really most of their games have been big wins, you know, uh, multiple possession wins. I don't know what it is about this Raiders team, but they just seem to really bring their a game whenever they play Kansas city. Yeah, and I think that's something that we've seen throughout the year with the Raiders is that we don't know what team we're going to see with them. Uh, going back to, and, and I understand that it's difficult to travel to Foxborough anytime, but they travel to Foxborough week three after a big Sunday night, or yeah, Sunday night win against the, uh, New Orleans mm-hmm. and kind of throw up a dud there against a New England team that isn't really that good. Um, so yeah, so lots of, lots of, uh, I think there are a lot of questions still with this Vegas team. Can they perform against the right teams at the right time? But losing by four to arguably not, it's not really even arguably the best team in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. That That's, there's something to be said for, you know, splitting this series with them. Yeah. And, and their schedule looks great. The last six games of the season, they're at six and four squarely in, in the playoff race. The, the Dolphins lost two. So, you know, it, it kind of evened out there a little bit, but the next six weeks, 
the only team with the winning record or the only two teams with the winning record, I should say that they play are the Colts and the Dolphins. They also get the Falcons, Jets, Chargers, and Broncos. So this is, I mean, this is about as good as it gets. You, you know, you win the game. This is perfect test for them. You win the games you should, and you, you can even drop a couple games against uh, close teams and you're still 10 and six and 10 and six and a seven team playoff gets you a, a wild card spot for sure. Yeah, it absolutely should. Um, and, and, it, and it would in this, in this case too, the AFC is just a, a blanket of really good teams um, that, I don't really know direction wise where each team is going to go, but Mm -hmm. the Raiders, the Colts, um, the entire almost except, uh, you know, minus the Bengals AFC East or North, excuse me, Mm -hmm. uh, is a competitive as hell division. So these, these wildcard spots are going to be tricky to come by, but regardless, we're gearing up for a fun, fun playoff. Yeah, no, literally we're, we're coming to a point where, you know, there's going to be that in the hunt graphic, like you mentioned before, and it's going to be, you know, five teams with the same record. We're going to have five teams that are eight and seven going into week 17. And, and that's going to be a big deal. And every game is going to matter, you know? Um, So I'm, I'm thoroughly excited about that. And yeah, the Raiders season is, is far from over. Um, And you know, it it remains to be said, like you, you have to mention it, this COVID thing really hit them hard. Pretty much their entire starting defense was affected by it missed a couple practice games. I mean, I thought this was going to be a blowout. I thought the chiefs were going to roll over the Raiders. You know, they felt slighted from, from previous um, their, their previous encounter that they were going to be angry, pissed off. But I mean, the chiefs defense that is, is very good. This is a good chiefs defense allowed 31 points to to the Raiders. And that's, I mean, props to props to the Raiders for really sticking it out. And um, but they were, they were at a disadvantage, you know, this whole week. And that 31 point, total there is the lower of the two point totals that they've uh that they've given up to mm-hmm. this Raiders team in the season so I'm not I think that says more about the Raiders offense and what it's capable of than what it does against the Chiefs defense which if you're going to nitpick and and find the the holes that exist with the Chiefs they're likely going to be on that defense right mm-hmm. uh, maybe you look at their offensive line or maybe special teams but uh, that defense is is the weakness, and even at that point, it it's really not glaringly bad. It, it, it's a perfect mediocre team, more mediocre defense or above average defense to keep pace and and allow the offense to win games every week. Yeah, and and it's and it's the type of thing that really helps because you have a, a defense like the Chiefs that, like you said, I think is they're above average. But that's good enough for an offense yeah. that can regularly get you 30 points. You know, if the defense plays good, that's a cherry on top. But we've seen, you know, this this offense can really get going and and leave a lot of teams in the dust. I mean, looking at the season, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's their seventh game um, over 30 points. They only have three games on the season where they've scored under under 30. You know, so so anytime your offense is that good, it takes a lot of pressure off of off of the defense to perform really well. And you have a quarterback that can command a, a two minute drive and under a minute to score a game winning touchdown. That certainly yeah, helps too. Certainly. Um, to the point where I, so as I was kind of mentioning right before we got started here, I had a bet uh, and this was a 16 parlay and it came down to this game. I had the chiefs on it and the, the chiefs was essentially just like a, it had, it added a couple of bucks to it. So it was yeah. like not necessary, but I got greedy. So when, <laughs> Jason Witten catches that touchdown with a minute 43 left. 
my heart is pounding and it, and it, and it kind of like sinks just a little bit. Cause I'm thinking, I, I can't believe I didn't cash this out earlier. I had a million chances before. Um, and I was on the phone with my brother at the time and he just goes, dude, it's Patrick Mahomes. And they just gave him over a minute and a half. Exactly. It's a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, that said, I cannot believe that Travis Kelsey was that wide open in the end zone. Insane. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the where best... the disconnect on defense is there, yeah. but you just left one of the most dynamic offensive players in the NFL wide open in the end zone. Yeah. There, and, there's and that's, no other yeah, way to put that. You're going to lose that, you know, 10 times out of 10. Yeah. No, no question. I mean, yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge missed opportunity, you know, much less letting him drive down the field so quickly. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's really just what, what Patrick Mahomes has has done throughout his young career. But looking at the rest of the schedule for the Chiefs, I mean, it's a it's a tough bunch. It's actually very similar to to the Raiders' um, schedule. But they go on the road to play the Bucks. They get the Broncos at home, on the road against the Dolphins, on the road against the Saints, and then they end it with two games at home against the Falcons and the Chargers. So, I mean, you're looking at two tough games. I think two very tough opponents, and then um, oh, and the Dolphins too. I'll throw them in there. Three tough opponents um, to, to kind of end the season. But right now, it's for the Chiefs. You're just crossing your fingers that the the Steelers slip up somewhere maybe one or two games because that's really you know they're the, that's really their only shot to to get that one seed and there's a real chance that I mean we're looking at a Super Bowl preview next week right mm-hmm. yeah I mean that that's a huge game those are yeah two two very good very good well-built well-rounded teams yeah I should say in in the in the Bucks and the Chiefs but the real question is, and I don't even think it's a question anymore, but I mean, there, for a couple of weeks, Russell Wilson was the leading MVP candidate. He's kind of fallen off. He had a, a good game, didn't turn the ball, ball over a lot against Arizona, but wasn't really incredible statistically. I mean, I, I have to think, you know, you, you have to imagine that it's it's Patrick Mahomes is, is one. And I mean, you probably put Aaron Rodgers too. He had another great game today against a really good Colts defense. But statistically, just looking at where both these guys are at, team success, all that, I mean, it's got to be the top three is right now for me is Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson. Yeah, I, I, I think that's more than fair. I think what a lot of people didn't understand or realize what happened going into the year uh, is that with previous seasons, we've seen that Russell Wilson's interception numbers have been historically lower, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and in recent weeks, we've seen this influx, but at the same time, we keep hearing you got to let Russ cook. You got to let Russ cook. If you're letting him throw the ball more, uh, interceptions are naturally going to come. Mm-hmm. That's not saying something bad about Russell Wilson. It's just the fact that it's a per- it's a percentage thing. It's a percentage thing. Yeah. He's never thrown this much in his career. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to throw some more interceptions along the way. Now, the three interception games. Uh, or the game that he had a couple of weeks ago and then the two picks that he had a couple of weeks before that that's disappointing to see and that that's stuff that can kind of derail the mvp season that you're having um but i i don't think that russell wilson is necessarily like slumping or anything i think it's just genuinely the percentages game uh, like you put it that, that, mm. that's really what it boils down to so yeah. And, and yeah. And they're, they're putting him in an impossible situation. I mean, right now yeah. the defense is on pace to break the passing, uh, the passing yards record by, I think is like 800 yards. And we, we talk about how the chiefs defense is, is above average and it takes pressure off of 
off of Mahomes. Well, it, both sides, you know, it, it works for both ways. And when the defense plays well, it takes pressure off Mahomes. When the offense plays well, it takes pressure off the defense. The Seahawks don't have that. And, you know, especially no. they're, they're missing Chris Carson um, the last few weeks. Carlos Hyde went down. They had to start DJ Dallas and Travis Homer as their, as their main running backs, yeah. uh, which is a tough spot. And so you're basically saying, you know, Wilson throws 40, 50 passes a game, scores 30 points. And guess what? That may not even be enough for you. We, we may not get you the win even with that. You look at the, at the, at the Cardinals game where they lost in overtime. I mean, yeah. it's... I never even really thought about that, but it is almost like two completely different situations for these guys. Yeah. And, and I hate that. Yeah. I I think in a, I don't know. I I would like to see Russell Wilson win the MVP. I mean, I had him as my MVP pick going into the year, but team success right now, you know, you, you have to favor Mahomes. The touchdown to interception ratio is absolutely insane. I think, I mean, now he threw another one tonight, but now he's two interceptions on the season. Like, it's it's absolutely nuts what he's doing and the team's nine and one you know they're playing really well so i don't see how you you can't the only the only argument you give me is maybe voter fatigue which you know i i understand is a very real thing but it's been a year removed since his mvp uh mvp run and he's playing more efficient maybe not better statistically but mahomes is definitely more efficient uh this season yeah and and i think you know don't you kind of find it bizarre just a little bit that uh I don't know if bizarre is the right word, but for through like the first five weeks of every season, there's always one headline somewhere that says, is this the year that uh, a defensive candidate will win the MVP? Yeah. And it's usually through five weeks. And then after about six, ev- like those candidates completely drop off the table because to win the MVP, you have to be so good all year long. Yeah. And defensive players simply just cannot be consistent enough on a game to game basis. You're never going to find a player who's putting up two sacks a game or a sack a game for that matter. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. And it's, 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 you're right. It's such an impossible because, ask for, for anybody outside of the quarterback position, really. Exactly. Cause quarterbacks play a hundred percent of offensive snaps. The best of the best edge rushers will play what 75% of snaps. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it uh, it's, it, I, I, I just wanted to get that out there. I thought that that it's always just kind of been funny to me how it's always like, oh man, maybe this is the year it's never going to be. It's ne- yeah. It, it, never it really will never happen. Year. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that's so true. Okay. Let's, let's do a quick whip around the league. Let's talk about a couple of these games. Um, I'm just going to start from the top of what, what I've got here in front of me on ESPN. We'll work our way down and, and see where that leads us. Uh, but the first game is the Colts and Packers. I mean, this was a big one for both teams because, you know, we don't really know where where either team stands necessarily. Just in terms yeah. of, you know, they, they have their holes uh, for the Packers. It's that defense for the Colts. It, it's It's been the offense. You know, you don't really know what you're going to get. Marlon Mack went down. The run game has, has struggled to an extent. Phillip Rivers, is he capable of, you know, putting a team on his back? Um, and, and that was kind of the big the big questions for them. And I mean, this was one of the more exciting games of the day, uh, more stressful. Uh, so because, you know, I was a Colts fan having to watch it, it go back and forth. But um, any I mean, I know you're watching this one intently as a, as a Bears fan. What what stood out to you from this game? The Packers. So so here's what stood out to me and that it's it's the fact that while the Packers offense looked much, much better, Matt LaFleur makes questionable decisions up and down the board throughout the game, I believe, too. Uh, 
but the Packers cannot seem to do can't seem to get it done against teams that have a better defense than or just a top defense in general. Buccaneers, uh, Colts, and who else did they lose to earlier this year? Uh, the Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Um, and the Vikings defense is not good, so you can exclude them from that. But in, until they until they prove to me that they can keep up with their defensive mistakes um, against a against a team that is good enough defensively, then I'm not really buying into the Packers as as these top of the pack contenders in the NFC. Um, certainly think that they're good, but I, I, I think there's a lot of that going around in the NFC are teams that are so severely lacking in, in one facet that one down game for them, is, that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, yeah. And that's the, what we've seen with the NFC is there's so many teams that it's like, you know, one piece, one issue, one, one, one part of their game that, that needs work um, is, is what's keeping them from, from really being successful and putting together consistent streaks. But I mean, I got to say it, this was, this was the most impressed I'd been with the Colts to this point. Um, because I mean, this is a great team. You're down two touchdowns at halftime. It's a, it's a big ask. And, and the second, and I mean, look, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep things in perspective here, you know, to an extent, because this is obviously, you know, a, a very, there's two back-to-back very big wins for, for the Colts. I mean, and, and I, I've been very impressed with the second half against the Ravens absolutely blew it. I mean, they were, they, they gave up 17 unanswered in the second half. Um, and, and since then, since that Ravens game, so the last two, they allowed three points total in the second half against two very good offenses in the Titans and the Packers. And this is, we're getting to the level where, where this defense is good enough to carry, carry the team. And I think they have in some of these games against, against lesser opponents, but this was the first, or I guess this week and last week, we've seen a consistency now of, very good teams that the defense has been able to to stifle and more importantly the offense has capitalized on it so was this the best game then that you've seen from philip rivers in a colts uniform i want to say there was another i gotta pull it up here i i was very impressed with how he was moving the ball and i mean there weren't you know there was always a couple of those mistake throws there Um, were this was game manager phillips to the best for him uh, I, that whole last drive was a cluster for everybody involved yeah. or the last I, I, drive in regulation but i think that would be so unfair to characterize this game um really kind of for both teams based on that 14 play one minute 41 second disaster yeah i mean it was i saw a tweet where it's like you know they say that you could technically call a holding on every every play and I guess the refs decided to implement that theory on the Colts last drive. Yeah, that I was, was like, bizarre. Come on. Um, like, I, I, I don't genuinely believe that there were there was that many blatant calls. Um, and even if there were, that it was all on the Colts, all on that one drive. Because before that drive, I they were pretty spotless. I mean, we're talking like two or three penalties, as they are normally. I mean, Frank Reich's teams are very disciplined. They play very well. But... I, I, I honestly don't know, but I will say I, I was just looking back and I do remember this is, this is one of Phil Rivers' best games. I think his best game was the second quarter. Uh, really his best quarter was against the Bengals when he threw three touchdowns. And That's it was, right. I mean, he was laser focused and it wasn't these short dump offs. He was hitting the, the intermediate routes. Um, but I got to say Michael Pittman changes this offense. This is a yeah. new 
I mean, this is a new revamped, exciting team because a guy of his size, of his speed, you get him the ball uh, and he's just effective. He, he, I mean, you, you saw that 45 yard catch and run touchdown. He's, he's been uh, Philip river, one of Philip rivers, favorite targets so far, you know, in these last three weeks. And I mean, I mean, we saw it again, but that guy's hard to cover. I think for any team, he moves very fast. He's big, you know, he, he could add on some size later on in his, in, you know, in his NFL playing career and become even tougher, but that's, I mean, it's, it's he's the future Colts wide receiver one. Absolutely. That's the thing he is, he continues to flourish while the four remaining T Y Hilton fantasy owners weep. I'm one of them. I'm still, I still believe, but I did pick up Pittman in a couple leagues. Okay. Um, yeah, he's awesome. He is terrific to watch. Yeah, it is a great group, but I mean, it's, it you know, big deal for both teams next week. Divisional opponents, the Packers play the Bears, the Colts play the Titans. Uh, big implications that, you know, the, the, the Bears can, can move up in, the, in their little, the little hunt graphic with a, with a big win. But I mean, how optimistic are you that, that something like that's happening next week? Not at all. <laughs> is, is a negative percentage even possible? No, um, I mean, I, I'd be going against myself if I said that the Bears wouldn't be at least in the game because I, I did just say Aaron Rodgers or the Packers offense has struggled against these top-tier defenses. Now, mm. hot take city, the Bears defense has been somewhat disappointing to me in the last few weeks. They're not rushing more than four at a time, uh, and they rush four if we're lucky. Um the offense it there's no place to start with the offense it's have you noticed that i started talking slower it's because i just got really sad when you brought up the bears um yeah i was i was like i'm not sure if he's trying to choose his words carefully like i don't know where this is going uh this sentence itself or the season itself yeah um I mean, I, I think really talking about the Bears, that's a whole nother, like that's a whole podcast episode. We could go an hour and I just moderate, you know, let you act as the, the therapist for, yeah. for this whole season. But Patrick, tell me why you're sad. Well, we begin with no. So so going into next going into next Sunday, the chance is, yes, you have a chance to win this game under two things. And that's if Aaron Rodgers isn't royally pissed off by the fact that he just lost a game which very well could be the case. And he mm-hmm. drops 50 on our head and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Five and six call off the dogs. We're done. Tank for fields. I don't know. You couldn't even get him at that point. No. Tank for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Um, although I will say when kickoff comes, there's never going to be a game where I'm like, the bears need to lose this. And yeah. Their draft. Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But in order to be in this game, Mitchell Trubisky has to start next Sunday. That's what it comes down to. Interesting. Interesting. Your, your, your offensive line is not strong enough uh, to keep a quarterback upright in the pocket. So give me somebody who can escape from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get creative with it. And don't, don't tell anybody on the Packers that he's starting until Friday or Saturday. Secret. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you don't really have to game plan too much for Mitchell Trubisky because whatever, but it's an element of surprise if you just go into the week. I don't even know if he's going to be healthy enough to go. 
I don't know if Nick Foles is going to be healthy enough to go. We could be looking at Kyle Sloter. We could be looking at Deshaun Kaiser, or we could be looking at Tyler Bray and a dead Patrick. That is just a lot of options. Yeah. Whole lot of options for your health. I hope it's not Tyler Bray, but thank you. Okay. Here I'm going to say one last thing and then we'll move on from, from this and and, and cover the rest of these games. I've thought about this a lot because I think there are a lot of similarities between your team and my team. And I think really when it comes down to it, the only thing that separates the bears from the Colts is an elite offensive line. I, I really think that's it. I love that. Someone had a good point. You know, the bears defense was solid enough in the off season and Robert Quinn has not added enough to this team. Mm. that that $80 million over five years that they paid him yeah. would have been much better uh, going towards an offensive lineman, just mm-hmm. like a steadfast guard or something. Um, yeah, I mean, they're starting, let's see, they're starting Charles Leno, Rashad Coward, who Coward 69 is the greatest NFL jersey of all time. Uh, Cody Whitehair, Jermaine Ifedi. Okay. And okay. probably Jason Spriggs. That I feel like there's a better group of offensive linemen in the free agent pool. If it makes you feel better, that sounds like a group of offensive linemen. Like they've got the name for it. They you know what I mean? Name. Like a, yeah. like that's a that's a solid group of the solid group of guys. If if solid, nothing else. Yeah. Ragtag bunch that'll get your quarterback killed and yeah, no just time. some 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 truly maction players. That's really what what it what it feels like to me but i'm sorry i didn't mean to to derail this we don't want no, 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 sorry. the rest of the night um i am i'm just very interested i'm intrigued i think is the best word by this cleveland browns team yeah i i don't i don't really know where to where to put them exactly baker mayfield has struggled but this run game is is really everything we thought it'd be maybe more you know adding two tackles in the offseason jack conklin jedrick wills has been big Baker's been up and down, but since Nick Chubb's been back two straight hundred yard rushing games and this defense is good. Like this defense plays very, very well. Um, and I, I love the group that they put together, but they're seven and three. Like that feels weird to me. The Browns at seven and three feels weird. The Browns at seven and three and what the dolphins at six and four. Yeah. None of this feels right. Uh, the Packers at, you know, seven and three also makes sense. Perfect sense. But uh, yeah, it, the AFC North is so puzzling because everyone thought the Steelers might make the playoffs. The Browns might make a, might make the playoffs. Mm. Ravens are going to win this division hands down. Yeah. Right now it's the Ravens are, are there in the playoff picture, but are they, good enough to here's the thing if the rate if the ravens are a wild card team i don't think they go on the road and win the game in the playoffs i mean i'll be honest with you i don't think i don't think they win regardless doesn't matter like the way that yeah. this the way that this field is setting up even if they i mean somehow sneak in uh and 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 get that that divisional spot i mean you're gonna have to go against a really good team you know probably realistically the steelers the steelers are yeah. or, or, you know or and the Titans, not, they might play the Titans again, you know? And like, you're not gaining four games on Pittsburgh regardless in the yeah. next six weeks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, the fact that they, the fact that the Steelers have not lost a game to this point 
and the fact that the Browns are seven and three, thank Jesus for the weather that they've had and the winds and the rain. Um, Although I did see that Cody Parkey was just on fire today. So that was terrific. That was yeah, really Um, great to see. I bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot lot of fun. Cairo Santos has hit like 14 in a row. So I'm not too down. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like that gif. I, that did not go the way you thought it would. Nope. Uh, I forgot what that's from, but yeah. Okay. No, no. Okay. Uh, I'm just looking at the Brown schedule the rest of the season. They go, well, next week they play the Jaguars. So we're realistically looking at an eight and three Cleveland Browns football team. It's crazy. Uh, then it gets a little tougher. They go on the road to play the Titans home against the Ravens, then giants jets and then Steelers. Now, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this Cleveland Browns team, you know, they're three games back on Pittsburgh, but if Pittsburgh drops one to, to um, Baltimore uh, and let's see, let's look at the rest of their schedule, maybe drop a game to the bills or the Colts, two very tough games they have coming up uh, that the Browns, you know, barring, you know, obviously they have to win out, but um, are playing for the division week 17. I mean, uh, going into, going into week 17, it is genuinely possible that you have two 12 and three teams fighting for the division. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And the Cleveland Browns are one of them. Look, oh and the, 2020, everybody. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, the crazy thing is this is also coming from a guy who picked the Browns to go 11 and five this season. Yeah. So on one but hand, I can't I'm feeling, believe it. Exactly. I'm feeling really good. But at the same time, it's like, this is insane. And the fact that it's, you know, realistically possible i mean you just have to have them finish over 500 in their remaining games and and they do so uh, yeah but what a what a i mean i love i love stefanski i i talked about the beginning of the season not to pat myself on the back here but you get those two tackles um and you have kareem hunt and nick chubb working together in tandem which they have beautifully this season you need an average baker mayfield and a great defense for what you've seen and, and this is a good a good concoction. Also, on top of that, I'm ready to cash in my Kevin Stefanski coach of the year prop bet I made at the beginning of the season too, because why not? Why not? I think it's tough to give it to him if somehow Mike Tomlin finishes the year 16-0. That's true. But I think Kevin Stefanski's right in line there. Mm. Absolutely should be in the conversation for it, if not the top candidate for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's what, what a group, like what a group of, uh, of divisions. I mean, you th- talk about the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns and the, and the NF- AFC North and then the NFC East uh, it's, it's just polar opposites. I mean, we can just, I'll, I'll just glaze over. I mean, it's, it's not a good group of teams. Nobody wants to win the division. Everybody's separated by a game and a half. And if it doesn't get any crazier uh, this week, Thursday, Thanksgiving football is pitted the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys, both at three and seven. And there are the winner playoff will be... implications between oh, two, three, and seven teams man. on Thanksgiving. Oh man! Like that—that that just blows. It blows my mind. It really does. Uh, quick, because I know that it's not on the on the topics for tonight. But who do you have in that game? If you had to guess right now, Washington or Dallas? I thought Andy Dalton played really well today. All things considered, Zeke may have been back. So if that's the case, I'm going to lean Dallas. But you know, I think Alex Smith had a down game this week. Um, you know, if he throws for 300 again, which he very mel- very well might, uh, and and Antonio Gibson plays well, they could pull it off. But right now, I think I think Andy Dalton is is 
putting something together. Where so is this I, game? Uh, I believe, let me double check that. I don't want to, I don't want to take it out of context here. I'll pull it up. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. It is, it's probably it in, in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. It's okay. in Dallas. I, I genuinely think that that kind of changes things because I really like Ron Rivera as a head coach mm-hmm. um, and always have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of tough to bet against Dallas in Dallas. Yeah, this. and and my dad my dad's a, a a Washington football team fan, so I love being able to to text him. And the fact that his team's in the hunt at three and seven is is exciting. Crazy. You know, Crazy. it's it's a it's it's a weird. I mean, it's a weird time because they didn't even think. I mean, I'm sure yes. If I asked him if he thought they'd be three and seven 11 weeks into the year, he'd say yes. But to be a half game out of first and be three and seven. I mean, absolutely insane, you know? So it, it's, it's a wild group and man, yeah, there's so much we didn't, we're running out of time here a little bit. There's not a lot um, or there's a couple of things I was going to bring up to you. So we'll hit yeah. them, we'll hit them quick. We'll do a little Monday night preview and then we'll, and then we'll get out of here. But um, I mean, if the, the Steelers, I understand are 10 and 0 and it's hard to be 10 and 0 um, and you look at their remaining schedule and it's, it's, you know, two big divisional games against the Browns and Ravens, and then they've got the Bills and the Colts. Um, so that four tough games coming up, but I, I mean, I don't know. I have, we haven't really had a team been gone this far to this point, but this has to be one of the, the weakest 10 and O teams that we've seen in recent years. And unless I'm, unless I'm blanking and I'm missing a team. Is it crazy to me to think that if the bears were that the Steelers are essentially the bears just with like luckier bounces and a few better position groups. No, I don't, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I think the the gap is very small. Then. Yeah. And, and we already talked about the compare, we already compared the Colts and the bears earlier. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that the Steelers are bad, but I don't think that their record reflects how I see their future performances going. Yeah. Like, and I was talking about this earlier, like I would much rather be a four seed in the playoffs than a three seed. Uh, if, if everything ended how it did now, because I would much rather play the Steelers in the divisional round, even coming off of a buy than the Kansas yeah. city chiefs. And that's, sure. I mean, and I don't think I'm alone in that opinion. I think, like you said, we talked about the comparisons, the Steelers and Colts similarities. I mean, I think Roethlisberger's playing better than, than Philip Rivers right now, but in a one-on-one game situation, they match up very, very similarly, very yeah. similarly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, uh, I, I think if the Steelers and Chiefs played tonight, it would expose the Steelers for what they are offensively, but also the fact that like their defense is very good, but can it keep up with the highest powered offense in the league? Mm-hmm. I don't think it could. So yeah, it's it's such a it's such a weird group of 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 teams. I don't know. Like there there's always that's why I, I mean my Super Bowl pick has been and will be Saints Chiefs because there's so many teams that are just missing something. That's like any of these guys could go on a run, but the Saints and Chiefs feel very complete to me. You yeah, know, I, like they're they're two very complete teams, and we'll touch on the Saints here right now before we get to Monday Night Preview. Um, I wasn't sure how this Taysom Hill thing was going to work out. I mean, we're very pro Jameis Winston podcast here. So obviously we wanted to see Jameis get under center, but I thought he did well on one hand. On the other hand, it was also against the Falcons, you know? So it's like how much, you know, how bad could it have been? I think this was a very convincing performance for the Saints and largely because of their defense. I mean, shutting out the Falcons offense in the second half, that's big. That's huge. 
Yeah, I uh, I really like the Saints. I think that they're um, that this is the best team that we've seen from New Orleans, uh, except for the quarterback play in the last few years, and that says something because the Saints are typically at the top of the at the heap in the NFC. Um, mm. And it seems like every year it's like, oh man, well I think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I think this is their best chance to go to the Super Bowl, which is saying something, especially considering how Drew Brees has played so far this year. Yeah, I I think they're in a rare situation where I think the defense is better than the offense. You know, and and when everything's rolling, the offense is really good. But this defense started adding pieces. Uh, People came back. Cam Jordan had a big game today, really good game. Um, Michael Thomas has finally, you know, got to hit 100 yards today. Um, I mean, everything is really falling together. The Saints are peaking at the right time. Not to mention their starting quarterback has broken literally almost every rib on his on his body. I don't I'm not a bio major. I don't know how many ribs he's got, but 11 were fractured. Like that's it's a pretty high percentage. If it's not all, it's close. Yeah, somebody tweeted, did he get hit by a bus and just didn't tell anybody? Because it, it it's almost unbelievable that he broke 11 ribs on that play. Yeah, I, it had to be building up to something. Had yeah. to be. There's no way it was just, it, it was just initial, but I mean, yeah, the saints, the next two weeks, they get, they get the Broncos and then they get um, the Falcons again. Um, and, you know, maybe Drew Brees is back by then, maybe not, but I mean, the, the next six weeks is their tough game is against the chiefs. They get the chiefs at home, but Broncos, Falcons, Eagles, Vikings, Panthers. I mean, this is a 13 and three saints team that can cruise Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, whoever you want to put in at quarterback. Yeah. Fascinating. Really. They're, they're in a great spot. I think they're, I mean, they're really in the driver's seat for for this, for this NFC, Uh, not only in wins, but just in what we've seen from them. So that buy would be so clutch for them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, yeah, they really, they really do need it. Absolutely. Okay. So looking ahead here before we let you go, Rams, Bucks, um, Buccaneers are favored by four and a half points and the over under is at, at 48. I mean, I, I, man, I, I feel like they put a little bit more respect on, on the Rams considering, you know, what the, the kind of wins they've been able to put together the last few weeks. Um, I know, I, I mean, that loss from the dolphins was, was a tough one, but to go out and, and beat the Seahawks, hold the Seahawks to 16 points is, is insane. Yeah. The, uh, what'd you say it was four and a half. Yeah, four and a half for the for the Buccaneers, and that's they're also at home too, so they've got that going for them. I think that that is the biggest determining factor here. Mm-hmm. I, I really do because I think that these teams are pretty close, and I think that if this was on a neutral field, what would the spread be? One and a half. It's typically three points in the favor of the home team, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so I, I think that Vegas kind of views these teams as being a, as matching up very well, and it's going to be a very close game. That said. I would I I I I think this is Tampa Bay's game to win. Um, being at home helps, uh, but I, I I'd probably give them the cover four and a half. Uh, maybe that's surprising, but I'd also take the uh, I'd take the over. Mm-hmm. I think that that's also kind of a, a an mistaken or uh, not mistaken, an underrated pick tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady and Jared Goff don't exactly jump off the paper in the year 2020, but uh, their offenses that can micromanage games very well and move the ball very well. Uh, so it'll be kind of fun watching an Arians and uh, McVay game again. So maybe I'm a bit of a contrarian, but I'm literally going to go 
the opposite of both of the things you said. Love I'm going to take the Rams plus four and a half and the under 48 for, for a couple of simple reasons. I mean, the, the Bucks offensive line is not overwhelmingly good. I no. wouldn't say they're, they're I mean, that maybe average to close to above average tier. I mean, we saw Aaron Donald single-handedly rip apart the Seahawks offensive line, who is admittedly a lot worse, but yeah. you're facing a much less mobile quarterback. I think Aaron Donald is going to tear apart the Tampa Bay offensive line, and we're going to see another tough game from, <clears throat> from Tom Brady. And that obviously it's going to come, you know, when, when we see Aaron Donald blowing things up, it's going to come down to an in-game adjustment from Bruce Arians that he simply yeah. is not smart enough to make. Like yeah. it, it's going to be, I think, in my opinion, it's going to be a very similar game to what we saw from the Saints and Bucks, not necessarily from a score perspective, but from one coach vastly out, outperforming the other in terms of, you know, Sean McVay versus Bruce Arians. Um, I, I think this is going to be a, a tough game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I, I don't think one team is going to get into the 20s, and that would I probably mean, be the Rams, I would, I would think. Bucks, Bucks, Bears was this is what happens if you can get to. Tom Brady, even if your offense isn't even clicking. Exactly. So certainly exactly. So, yeah, I could totally see that happening. But I, yeah. And I think it's, I think it is going to be a similar, maybe the Bucks bears is a better way to put it. I, I think that, that they're going to really stifle Tom Brady. He's going to be confused. Uh, and, you know, and, and we're going to look back at this and see yet another game where Bruce Arians was outcoached by, a, you know, a, a top NFC opponent coach uh, maybe Matt Nagy's in that conversation I don't know but uh, no he's not no 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 but it's just man like I the more I watch these games the more I watch these Bucks games the more I realize okay Bill Belichick is is the winner in this divorce like we want to talk about who's better I mean Belichick is not letting these things slip he's certainly not getting blown out by the Saints on on national television he's making changes no. um I I think Bruce Arians is currently playing with you know the most talent tom brady's had before uh, after 2008 you know when, yeah, imagine, when imagine belichick Moss. coaching this team yeah exactly like that's what i'm saying is, is he's dealing with more talent but a lack a, a, a deficit at the coaching position i think bill belichick's probably undefeated maybe they still drop that saints game but we're talking one loss the whole season just because yeah. the, the the way that that these games have gone for the bucks they've they've been close ones um but it, it was simply a lack of um of bruce arians being able to to get it done and i mean yeah you're a game you're a game out of of first the nfc south but the saints have both games on you they've won both like you're you're not even the best team in your division why why are we talking about like you know, Tampa Bay is as his favorite to go to the Super Bowl. You're gonna probably have to play the Saints at least once in the playoffs. Yeah. And you're and I I don't like them to beat them, even if you know they still have Taysom Hill at quarterback. I it's I think when we look back on the season five years from now, we're gonna say, man, Tom Brady, I mean he's having a great statistical season, 23 touchdowns, seven picks, the best receiver Corey's had in his in his career, a, yeah. a great defense, uh, a decent offensive line, but he's getting the ball out fast, doesn't matter. Um, and, and we're really going to come down to it and say, man, this was, this was Bruce Arians' fault. He really dropped the bag on this one and, and there's no one else to blame, but him. Yeah. Big time right there with you. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch this one though. I think this is going to be a big deal. I think the Rams are motivated too, because a win puts them in first in the NFC West, um, with, with another big game against the Seahawks still yet to come. So this team is, you know, I mean, they're a year removed from, from being in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they put up a dud, but 
I mean, you, you transition out a couple of pieces, but this is still, you know, the core is there. The core from yeah. the Super Bowl team is there. Um, it's Big just time. a matter of, of, of putting it together. And I think the three running back group they have now, Cam Akers is, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Akers pops off. I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at um, Cam Akers prop bets tomorrow night. Cause I think he's been getting the ball a little bit more. Um, and they say he may even, there's rumors he may take over Daryl Henderson's snap count percentage. He may be the lead back. This, this may be the Cam Akers that I drafted in the sixth round this season because I thought he was going to turn into something, but who knows? This is, it's, it's a we'll good see. one. I think it's still going to be a good one regardless, but yeah, I like the Rams. I might even go. Money. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I just go crazy. All right. I'm but right there with you. Then. There we go. May, All right. I think you convinced me. I think you honestly convinced me. So. Let's I'm go. right there. That's that's this was all a ploy. The whole podcast episode was just a, a way to convince you to go Rams and, and the under. Cool. So you made me sad about the Bears and then got me to talk about the Rams. Okay, fine. Yeah, Patty. Look, I always enjoy having you on. I don't know if you necessarily enjoy being on because I put you in these positions, but uh, it, it's always a good time. Always a, a good opportunity to talk football with you. Yeah. Thank you so much.